Um, and Marsker says he was so passionate about him, them not changing the movie that there are reports of him staying up all night the night before, drinking, on coke, gun in his hand, ready to go up to Columbia Pictures and shoot some executives oh. if they didn't... Uh, if they if they if they if they wanted to change his mood. Hello everyone, welcome back to Netflix Roulette, the show where me, your host Kate Hughesby, and a special guest every week choose a random film or TV show off of Netflix out of the countless numbers of titles they have, and we tell you whether it's worth your time or not. We go through it so you don't have to. And today I'm joined by the producer of Netflix Roulette and the creator, co-creator of First Cut, the YouTube channel you're watching this on right now, Robert Butler III. Yo, what's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Happy to be back on uh, Netflix Roulette for another one. Um, I feel like these episodes are always... Uh, we, we, we never know. We had, we had a Mexican horror movie, then we had a powerful uh, Spike Lee movie. I wonder what we're getting this time. Yeah, if uh, the pattern continues, I think now we're up for a Spy Kids movie. So, <laughs> fingers crossed for that. Uh, how uh, how are you doing uh, with the news that your Netflix pitch did not get selected by the first cut voters? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's really upsetting, man. I thought the, uh, the BCU, Bible Cinematic Universe, I thought that would have been a great idea. <laughs> Um, I don't know why the people didn't vote for that. Actually, I I, can, I, I know why they, they the Sabrina and Andres legitimately gave like better pitches. I felt bad because I feel like my pitch was just you know whatever. I do think um, I do think Sabrina's idea was original. I think that's why she got like a big upper upper hand. I think that's that's good. I mean, I applaud originality. Um, and of course, Andres's like Legend of Korra pitch was awesome too. So yeah, I like that. I, I honestly would have been mad if I won because the, they they did have better pitches. I was well, just, you got it, my vote, so hey, twenty one percent of vote, third place. I was good for third. For those of you who didn't watch it, we're talking about the first cut live stream that they did this past week. Uh, what is that? Every Thursday, every every Thursday, six o'clock, um, approximately every every Thursday. So yeah, be sure check to check out the that live out. stream there. What do you guys have planned for this week? Um, this week, uh, is going to be some good stuff. I'm not exactly sure yet, but we are going to have a good announcement, um, that's going to be happening. Um, something I'm involved with and something I'm very passionate about will be announced. Ooh, and uh, speaking of announcements, we have a lot of announcements coming up uh-oh. for timestamp, but oh, yes. oh, that yes. is soon to come in the near future. Um, yes. Talk, talk to me about uh, where we're at right now with timestamps so that people can sort of understand the post-production uh, process. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just just waiting on people. I think that's just honestly what we're, what we're, where we're at, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. people got jobs, people got lives, and we're just waiting on them to do, do whatever they do. I mean, we, we have, uh, we've had some of the best moments during the music composure stage. I mean, that's... That's been to me. That's been my favorite part of the whole process, and we have that fin- we have that finalized. So that's good. The music like, is incredible, you guys. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, there's there's things that are finished. There's things that's still being worked on, but it's close. I mean, I feel like it's like just breathing right down my neck. You know, it's like, right there. And uh, we're gonna have some 
promotion stuff going on so keep an eye out for that uh as the movie is finishing up very yeah. exciting i can't super wait exciting to see it. show us some love on the uh instagram page instagram at timestamp movie there's mm. behind the scenes there's story highlights from when we made the movie and uh if you want to see the uh artists that are doing a lot of work in post-production with the sound composition and the visual effects yeah. and all that cool stuff Check that out, uh, Instagram, at Timestamp Movie. Um, People are going to see Ken Knapsack in this movie, and they're going to be blown away, man. Yeah, you guys away. are not ready for the Ken Knapsack acting experience. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. He, yeah, he becomes a totally different person, and uh, it's really cool to see him, you know, do his thing. Um so let's jump into the game. This is how it works. For those of you who are new here, uh, Netflix Roulette. Netflix splits their genres up into subgenres by random three or four digit numbers. Um, and basically these genre numbers correlate to all, ty- I, all types of different um, genres on Netflix. Like last week we got the weirdest category, Killer Clowns from Outer Space which was in the cult sci-fi. Hey, with uh, uh, with uh, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Hardy. Yeah. Uh, salute, salute. Awesome, awesome episode. I love when she was in her car and she was, uh, she was just chiming in. I thought that was really dope. Yeah, she's like, um, so I have to go. I didn't know the movie would be this long, but I'm just going to review it from the car. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> That's dope. That I works. Love it, love it. Love it. Um, so you've played before and you, so you know the rules, but yeah, yeah. No need to explain to me. Um, for the people, for the people, for the people, of course. What kind of mood are you feeling for Kate? Are you looking for like a comedy, something short, something long? What's the vibe? Um, I could go for like some really trashy reality TV right now. I mean, that's, that's always interesting, man. I love reality TV. My favorite kinds are like the uh, the VH1 shows, like Love and Hip Hop. That's always been my back. Big Brother just came back on CBS, and <laughs> that's my favorite reality show. And it's crazy because like while we're in quarantine, they're stuck in a house, so it's like you know it kind of works. It just all adds up. All adds up. So I'm gonna share my screen with you here. Share computer screen. Can you see it? Oh, yes. So, okay. So Robert will give me three or four random numbers. Um, tell us how you come up with these numbers and hopefully we'll land on a genre. Um, okay. I'll give you three numbers. And these three numbers are have no particular connection to me other than they just add up to 15. Mm-hmm. So uh, eight, two, five. Eight, two, five. See, see if that comes No up. matching nope. titles none, found. None. All right, all right, all right. Oh, let's think. Um, let's try the time that it is right now, 9.15. Ooh, I like that, 9.15. No matching titles found, bunk. No matching titles, yikes. Um, let's try 17.38. 
I said, hey, Drama starring Jodie Foster. <laughs> yeah. Is that not the most specific subgenre we could have ever gotten on Netflix roulette? Drama starring Jodie Foster. I mean, does she uh, does she do other genres? I don't think so. I mean, this is. I feel like this is. If this is the only one they're showing, they're really doing Jodie Foster a disservice because she ran the drama table in the '90s. I mean, this isn't the only drama she's ever been in. Maybe it's the only one Netflix has, but whatever it is, we're watching Taxi Driver. Um, have you seen Taxi Driver before? I am very, very, very familiar with Taxi Driver. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, oddly enough. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro. I know you, you, you've, you've definitely seen like the, the, uh, the, the whole looking at himself in the, in the mirror type thing. He's like, yeah. uh, who are you talking to? Or are you talking to me, huh? You talking to me? So yeah, many iconic moments in this movie. That's 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 my bag. I'm, I'm I think this is something. um I think this is maybe the first sort of pop culture good movie that we've gotten on Netflix roulette. So <laughs> excited to watch it. And I uh, mean, yeah, we have if, I, for some reason I don't know what happens with us. We we get we I every time I'm on here, besides the first one, besides the first one, this is this is this is actually pretty good. I'm excited. Yeah, and then uh, we got Malcolm X, which was another hit. So yeah, I think you got the piano. Be... You got the pianist with undressed. That was pretty good. That was, a good <laughs> that was yeah, that was an unexpectedly sad afternoon. Yeah, um, this might be kind of sad too, though. I don't know. We're going to watch it. For those of you unfamiliar, it is about um, an unhinged cab driver who goes mad. He's enraged by New York's moral rot and urban decay. <laughs> Who is yeah. it? Yeah. Who is it? Uh, plotting an assassination and saving a teen sex worker. So it's got all the staples <laughs> of your family drama movie. Um, Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster both receive Oscar nom- nods for Martin Scorsese's Best Picture nominee. Starring yeah. Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster, Sybil Shepard. Um, and this movie is gritty and dark. So we're about to jump into Taxi Driver, and we'll see you on the other side. So what do you want to hack for, Pickle? I can't sleep nights. There's a point out there just for that. I know, I tried that. So what do you do now? Ride around nights, mostly. Subways, buses, figure you know. I'm gonna do that, I might as well get paid for it. Travis, you run all over town, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you handle some pretty rough customers here. Yeah. You carry a piece? No. You need one? No. 12 hours of work and I still can't sleep. Damn. Days go on and on. We don't end. Things got you down? Yeah, it got me real down, real down. I just want to go out. I really, you know, I really want to, I got some bad ideas in my head. I just Why won't you talk to me? Why don't you answer my calls when I call you? You think I don't know you're here? I don't have any you think problem. I don't know? I think I don't know. Would you please leave? Get your hands off. Okay, then leave. Okay. I just want you to know that I know. Unless I'm having any trouble. Please, just please. The idea had been growing in my brain for some time. True force. 
All the king's men cannot put it back together again. We're back from watching Taxi Driver. Wow, what a mind meld. A 21st century 1970s masterpiece. What do you think? Yeah, no, I absolutely uh, really enjoyed this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Of all time, um, I like the I like the like the weirdness of it. I love uh, the music by Bernard Herrmann. Um, I love. I think this is absolutely one of uh, Scorsese's uh, best, and uh, definitely the most problematic movie. I think maybe uh, out there, honestly. Yeah. I mean, good grief! There's so much they could kind of go back on this movie. And you're just like, wow, this is highly offensive. This is highly offensive. This is highly offensive. And throughout the entire time, we kept. Uh, being reminded of Joker uh, yeah. with Joaquin Phoenix. So many parallels there between yeah. him and the main character in this movie um, with both of them basically being, you know, a product of a chaotic environment with, you know, like suffering mental states, basically hitting rock bottom and becoming a monster uh, is what we see in both cases, basically. Yeah, it's like that, like disillusionment of like not knowing what's real, what what isn't real, um, in the like that unreliable narrator complex. I think is really similar. I also think like the subtle, like racial illusions that they keep pointing to, like throughout the movie, both and Joker yeah. and in this, it's very obvious. You know what I mean? Like it's very obvious in terms of like how much every time Travis Bickle looks at a black dude, he's like. Yo, what? Like, like he's like, and he even for... shoots and kills one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, like this dude's unhinged. Like, so it's just it's it, it just goes to like the crazy psychopathic people who are out there who have access yeah. to like guns and like all that kind of. And what's so. what's uh, definitely been at the front of my head throughout this whole movie is that you know even even though it came out over three decades ago, it still holds so much truth to what you know, the American, like... Yeah, over four decades ago. Four yeah. decades ago, and it still yeah. holds so much relevance to the mm-hmm. issues that we deal with today. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, the system that actually creates these problems is what yeah. he's actually fighting against, because he, he is an anti-hero protagonist. It's hard yeah, to he, like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you only really like him because, you know, you follow him for a lot of the movie, and you kind of sympathize that you hope he's going to get better right but like the further and further you get into like this journey um you kind of realize that's not that's not that's not going to happen like he's not really going to get any better you know yeah i don't know if i would have stayed in the theater if i you know if this was a new release and i was in the theater watching it i don't know if i would like stick around after like the 40 minute 30 minute mark yeah it was highly it was highly controversial when it came out i mean people you know it's it's a very sensitive kind of movie because it's is very touchy to the state uh, and mental being of like the toxic. You see a lot of elements of of, of, of problematic stuff in there. A lot of toxic masculinity um, in terms of him imposing his way onto um, the campaign. Um, you know, the campaign woman's uh, life. You know, it's very yeah. toxic. It's very, very, very objectifying have, like, women. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. And and mm-hmm. you know, watching all these like weird like porn movies like in, in a movie in a movie theater. He's just a weird dude. Sums off about him. I mean, it's really like in, it's it's really like incel capital right here. Is it movie. really is. And what's so. strange is that he has this sort of self awareness about how weird he is. 
Yeah. And that's what kind of makes him drawn to this job of being a taxi driver. He's like, maybe this is something where I can just work all day and find something. But he literally has no idea what he wants. Yeah. What do you, th- what do you think his character wants, like, ultimately? I mean, ultimately, he, 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 he wants to live in a fantasy that he's never going to he's never going to be able to obtain like he wants to be able to be this sort of like crusader and savior of a world that isn't able to be saved in one in one swoop you know what i mean and it's this idea of like you know it's this honestly this idea of like privilege this idea of you know toxic uh over 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 cooking like over dramatizing like the situation around him like obviously like the streets are like dirty and like he like the 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 entire movie has like these internal monologues that are like just psychotic of like him saying like the streets are filthy awful like dangerous Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and 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 in his mind he has this like hero complex of like he's gonna be he's gonna be the one to 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 enact change he's gonna be the one to uh to 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 enable justice um yeah and when when he describes sorry go ahead no 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 go 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 when he describes the city to the politician um he's describing it basically saying you know if i was to change one thing the city's run down it's dirty it's he just kept saying it's dirty it's dirty and like that's basically a representation of like his mind and like basically the pollution of his mind yeah i i think what he what he wants and what he needs are like two different things and i think that's what makes this movie like super complex like what he wants is is a better it, what he wants is that what he wants is thinking the outside world needs to be fixed but what he needs is fixing himself like he needs help he needs assistance like he needs to not be lonely and not to like be in this apartment all by himself like all day. Yeah, he needs some he basically needs someone to notice that he's in need of help. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, and then that comes down to just his like just his like and like his his stance on you know, women, his stance on black people, you know, even even that uh character Doughboy, like he barely even talked to him like Throughout the entire movie, they barely said a word to each other. He hardly wanted to look at them. And it just goes to show you, like, that's, yeah, those are those kinds of dudes who, you know, are trapped in their, in their closet, in their basement, have nothing better to do, like, are literally just, like, pro, pro-typical pro uh, Blame incel. the world, you know, blame yeah. the world. Um... Yeah, yeah. And that's that foundation and him thinking mm-hmm. he's going to get tough and buying all these guns. I mean, that's what leads to, like, this ideology of, like, school shootings and you know terrorist attacks and white supremacy attacks and like all these things and the hyper competitive nature of it yeah 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 and and that's what and that's what's really uh i mean that's what's really prevalent about this movie and that's what's you know kind of powerful about this movie um definitely but you know i for for all of those reasons it's like you you love them you appreciate the movie for how much it makes you think about these issues and then you also have to look at it from a critical eye and understand like what's wrong with it and what's problematic about it. And I think that's always an important angle to look at it. Cause I mean, I remember I t- actually studied this class, this movie, in one of my classes, race, class, and gender. Salute to the uh, greatest professor of all time, Todd Boyd, uh, who taught that class. Uh, 
he uh the and and his and and his evaluation of this movie he basically comes to the conclusion like hey if you look at travis bickle then uh in this movie and you put him in 2020 he would be a pro-typical trump supporter like through and through yes. you know what i mean like yes he feeds exactly into that like brainwashed psychotic like like ideology that like is totally misguided and misunderstood and in, in his interpretation of the outside world rather than um, what is inadequate in his own life, you know? Even to the point of him trying to assassinate the, the, the politician. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and what's th- crazy is even today, we're recording this um, August, August 10th, um, you know, the Secret Service took out a guy um, at the gates of the White House today. And so, yeah, yeah. it's relevant today, um, and as bad as I- it is to say. And, you know, speaking of this being picked as a Jodie Foster drama, um, Jodie Jody Foster, uh, apparently Jodie Foster, uh, or, or I, I guess an assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan was actually inspired by this movie from a dude who was, like, obsessed with Jodie Foster. Whoa. Um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so um, I might need to fact check that. But I'm pretty sure I'm like 90% sure that that like happened in real life because of this movie. Let's so. talk about Jodie Foster for a minute, because the reason we even got this movie is because the code you gave me, which was 1738 inspired by Fetty Wap. 1738 was named the Jodie Foster dramas category. And this was yeah. the only movie in it. And Jodie yeah. Foster plays a 12, 12 year old prostitute uh, in a child trafficking ring. Also relevant. Uh, today um, with Epstein um, in New York City and um, Jodie Foster's playing this 12 year old prostitute who doesn't even get seen in the movie till an hour 20 basically Um, you know you see hints of her throughout but she doesn't really come to the forefront until like an hour 20 and so it's interesting that this was categorized under Jodie Foster yeah it's uh it's definitely interesting for sure I mean I, if I'm not mistaken, she uh, when she was nominated, she she actually received the Academy Award nomination for this movie, um, and I believe at the time she was one of the youngest, if not the youngest, um, best uh, uh, one of the youngest, if not youngest, uh, Oscar nominees of all time. Uh, you know, she was nominated at the age of like 13, wow. and yeah, I think she acted this role when she was 12. So, um, and. She you was know, when, so good. Like, she was great. And this when this movie came out, by the way, like, it was controversial, but it was controversial in, like, all the best ways. Like, it won the Cannes Film Festival Award for, like, the Palme d'Or. It, like, got a bunch of Oscar nominations. It even won, I think, screenplay. Um, and it really, and it literally was the movie that put Martin Scorsese, like, on the mainstream map that, like, made him who we are today. Like, this is how impactful this movie is one of the greatest movies ever. It hit um, all the right societal tones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it fits perfectly into, when you look at the movies from the 1970s, you see a lot of these movies that are about, you know, not so typical heroes or not so typical protagonists that are deep, that are complex, that represent the state and being of society, like Dog Day Afternoon, like The Godfather, like all these great human dramas that were just coming out in the 70s. Just all encapsulate like this, this, this kind of. Yeah, for the uh, first time, they're acknowledging, uh, we need to tell the stories of people who aren't, um, you know, seen, uh, yeah. and, and who you might never get a glimpse into their lives. 
because yeah. once you can understand their story, then you can sort of understand how to heal that wound in society. And that just comes down from that from that film school, you know, ideology. Like, you know, I talked about in the meaning of podcast uh, that we had a couple of weeks ago. And when you think about film, you know, Marsker says he was coming right out of NYU. Not right out of NYU. He had been a graduate for a minute, like, you know, from this point to making this movie. So he knew um, all about New York City. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's a New Yorker himself. So, yeah. and his cameo in this movie is literally one of the most hilarious scenes, like, of, of, <laughs> of all time. Yeah, um, like, uh, yeah, totally, totally crazy. He, that character probably inspired the main character to be more psycho. <clears throat> oh, definitely. That That's what, and that's what's so, uh, uh, like uh so it's it's so self-aware in that sense of like it's like the director is navigating the direction of like the character like on screen live on, on yeah screen. i just pictured martin scorsese behind the scenes being like with the casting agent like no nobody else can do this shit like uh, it has to be yeah. me like i'm the only one that can push him to the edge you don't get yeah. it like well it, it's funny because scorsese um was so passionate about this movie that you know, this movie was seen as unreleasable for a lot of studio, and they wanted to, especially at the end, that ending where, if, I don't know if you noticed, but when it goes from, like, normal, beautiful colors into, like, this really dark, like, starch, like, kind of grainy and muddy-looking, kind of desaturated um, color palette. So the whole reason that happened is because when the whole film was just regular kind of color or whatever... It got an X rating, and then the studio wanted to cut cut it all out completely, or at least cut it down like significantly. Um, and Marsker says he was so passionate about him them not changing the movie that there are reports of him staying up all night the night before, drinking on coke, gun in his hand, ready to go up to Columbia Pictures and shoot some executives oh. if they didn't uh, if they if they if they if they wanted to change his movies like. That those are the reports. That's Bruh. what they. That's what they say. Like those are Hollywood rumors. So I mean, was this a biography? No, nah, I mean, this is, dude, this, this is a passion to do, man. And uh, but you see it, you see it all over it, and it, it has this very stylistic feel. Like it, like I, one of the shots that always is memorable to me is when he first gets the gun and he's just like pointing it, like like outside of the window. You kind of see like the perspective yeah. of him. As he's looking at it, like I'm God. Like, yeah, that's very, um, very international cinema. It just has this very new kind of style and feel, and with the music, like I said, Bernard Herrmann, one of the greatest composers of all time, his last, insane. Yeah, his last soundtrack. So it just all comes together in this perfect fluster of style and social commentary, and a character who is not agreeable, not relatable, but you know, somehow you still find empathy for them, for them. Um, all mixing, mixed that into like a really great masterpiece of a movie. Now yeah, going back, gonna, sorry, sorry go, go, I go, no, you go, you go. And you kind of leave the movie being like, holy shit, like I have to make sure this doesn't happen to anyone ever. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. Responsibility. You got to check in on your friends for sure. And yeah. that that's why, that's why Joker ripped it off so much. I mean, that's why. I think you look yeah, at what this do you mo- think were the biggest similarities that you like saw between the two of them? Uh, well, I mean, just stylistically, like there's literally, and you, you movie. even used to, I mean, <laughs> you, you said, you said it at multiple points. You're like, that looks just like Joker. Like 
that shot looks something just like out of Joker. <laughs> um, and then there was other times where, uh, you know, you just look at there, there's there's a lot of moments. I mean, the whole the whole story conceit of like him having this like imaginary girlfriend in his head that like motivates him to, you know, start you know, enabling change in his life and get happy. And then he has his heart broken and he goes on a violent rage and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's just very similar. Like the whole, um, lonely dude who has a bunch of friends who doesn't really care about him. He asked them to buy, if he, if they could buy him a gun and, and, you know, they get a, he gets a gun and it just leads to a whole bunch of trouble. Um, It is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And not even to mention the whole idea of like Joker being about like, this character trying to get to like you know the the mayor Thomas Thomas Wayne as like this politician and then this movie is all about him trying to get chummy with a politician ultimately you know, ultimately yeah. trying to assassinate him so it's like all of these all these elements you know uh uh and and him at the end I think especially the ending I think the ending to me is where it's most potent because it's like the ending you really question like is this real is this not real um, how much is this is made up? How much is this isn't made up? And that's the same thing you kind of wonder at the end of Joker too. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they, uh, I think that Joker, like, I think it is more successful commercially because it's sort of shrouded in this DC, like, comics. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think, it's, like, I, think it's, I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. I've never seen a comic book movie take like directly from like this movie, like this, like Joker took directly from this movie and another, another Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro movie called the King of comedy. Those are the two movies that are, if you, if you merge them both together, that's what Joker is. Right. (laughs) So like, so like, so it's just, so it's just, it's just, it's just, I've never really seen a superhero movie do that before, but it doing that ultimately led it to be super successful and super critically acclaimed. Yeah, so. the incel catcher in the rye energy is big. Yeah, no, I love uh, it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Give me White Panther all day. White Panther all day. Yeah, I think that um, for me, like the coolest scenes were when there was like action and the suspense and the editing, the way that they edited the 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 way it was like out of order, but then. They would put the pieces back together um, for suspense was really cool. I like that. Yeah. I mean, like the color with the cinematography was really cool. Yeah. So I think that, you know, obviously, I think everyone should go check this out. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a classic. Yeah. Um, what would you give it on Robert's Tomatoes? Robert's Tomatoes, I mean, this movie would be uh, pretty close to a perfect. I mean, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I've done a bunch of deep watches on it on multiple occasions and you know i think it's very consistent what it is do i necessarily like what it's saying not necessarily but what it's saying is totally like important yes it's 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 important to know that there are people out there who really believe that this is the reality that they're they're plagued with and um and that's not and that's not even like remotely the case there, there is a terrible society, but you know, there's no need to like blame other people for it. So once yeah. you get it from that perspective, it's, it's really, uh, it's a really interesting movie. Um, I do think like if I was to rate it out of 10, I'd probably give it like a strong 9.8. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So basically a 10, but, 
I'd have to, I'd probably have to, like we talk about tonight, you're talking about the up, up, up tier, up tier lines of my favorite movies. And it's definitely up there for sure. Um, and Raging Bull, which is their next movie together, Scorsese and De Niro, Raging Bull is uh, actually uh, one of my favorites, uh, all time favorites too. So that's actually a 10 out of 10 for me. I'd uh, yeah. have to give it probably a little bit lower just because it made me sad. Um, you know, <laughs> I'd probably have to give it a 97. Um, 97? Okay, 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 okay. Because okay, okay. I think the artistic impact is definitely there and the cinematography and the editing is, they, you know, they nailed it. So the yeah. acting, the acting is top notch. So yeah, put De Niro on the map, put Scorsese on the map, put Jodie Foster on the map, which again, I don't think it's fair that they call this a Jodie Foster drama because right. Jodie Foster has a whole decade and a half full of movies where it's nothing but dramas. She was 12. Dramas. Yeah, she was 12 in this. You look at her whole filmography from the 90s to the mid 2000s. It's all dramas. Like it's all dramas. Uh, come on now. They, I don't they even they they have Silence of the Lamb on here, right? Like, if they have Silence of the Lamb on Netflix, they? they why did why isn't that in this category? I'm just curious, Netflix. Yeah, y'all gotta get this category together. Well, with that, I think that concludes our review of Taxi Driver. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And um, what are you up to these days? And where can people find you? Well, my up to these days channel. Well, yeah, I warm up to these days here on First Cut. We have a brand new episode of the Meaning of Podcast coming with an amazing, huge guest. Lindsay Ellis is joining us on the show. That's right. She is a massive. I'm a huge, huge fan of hers. She has like close to a million subscribers on YouTube and a brand new book coming out. She's going to be joining us on the Meaning of Podcast. So we're going to be talking about that. And then otherwise, you know, uh, I just saw Lovecraft County and my review is out on Geeks of Color uh, YouTube channel. So you go check that out. And we're also going to have a review on First Cut coming out soon. And um, yeah, more more stuff here, obviously, on Netflix Roulette uh, with my boy Kate sometimes, um, whenever, whenever, whenever I'm needed. And uh, and yeah. All right. Keep uh, stay tuned, everyone, for more timestamp updates. Um, thank you so much for watching. Oh, 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 oh,